everybody. John Layfield here. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Got a ton of a Q&A. Got the hair a little messed up. Uh, you know what? You know how it is. Uh, had a little pro- some problems last week. Had things that we're trying to do to switch over some platforms with me and uh, Gerald Briscoe. Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. Uh, be sure and subscribe, like our uh, YouTube channel. We've got a lot of big things coming up. we got Jerry the King Lawler coming up this week, Godfather owned right now. So tons of things uh, happening. Also uh, on Cameo, Jerry and I both are on Cameo, about to do one together. Let's get right to the questions. So Mick Mac, my friend, asked me the question, <clears throat> if I had to put the cabinet together right now, who would I put from the current WWE roster? So for one, that's a great question. And two, I want you to understand, you know, when you when you put a, a cabinet together for groups, you normally you're trying to build people. So some of these people are already main event people. Take that for granted. You know, they probably wouldn't want to be in the cabinet. I'm talking about if I just had my choices. Okay. So first of all, you need a coordinator to do everything, like Amy Weber was. That would be Sonia Deville. No doubt about it. She's incredibly talented. She's very articulate. She can talk. You need, that's what you need uh, for that role. I think Sonia Deville would be fantastic in that role. You need someone that's your enforcers. Uh, I love Chad Gable and Otis. I think Chad Gable is, is, is incredibly entertaining. Now, a close second would be Sheldon Benjamin, because mainly because I love Sheldon Benjamin. And I think Sheldon Benjamin is, he's one of the most talented guys I've ever, ever been around. So he and Cedric, um, I just had to put them all in, okay? Put uh, Sheldon and Cedric in there. Otis and uh, Chad, because I think that team is is fantastic. And then you need the the hand, for lack of a better term, the right-hand guy, Damian Priest. Not a doubt in my mind. That guy has got a look that you couldn't replicate in a hundred creative meetings. It's is that good. Good looking guy. He can talk. Uh, he can work. That's uh, I think he'd be perfect uh, for the cabinet. So that there's my cabinet. Uh, and next, uh, let's see, Mount Rushmore of heels. Uh, Eddie Prather asked me this question. This one is easy. As far as one and two, I've got a book here somewhere. Where is it? Gorgeous George by John. I can't pronounce his last name. Kapuya, I think it was. Uh, and if I said your name wrong, John, I apologize. Great book. Gorgeous George, greatest heel of all time. Nobody's, nobody's close. At the end of World War II, uh, when TV started becoming every, everywhere, available different places that more people had them, you needed something easy to film. So talk shows were easy to film. So Milton Berle became a huge star. Wrestling was easy to film because all you need is a hard camera and maybe another cam out there somewhere. But you can film it all from a hard cam. Similar to how you can film certain sports like uh, basketball or even football. Harder for baseball because you need to be able to move around a lot more. They said that Gorgeous George sold more TV sets than Milton Berle. They called them Georgie sets at one time. That's how big Gorgeous George was. Now, interesting story. Pat Patterson, who was so big in the San Francisco territory with Roy Shire, didn't really like George. And we never did know why. I think it was because of the competition that they had, as you tend to have, say, Texas and Oklahoma uh, being an example of Northern California and the Coliseum. But George, to me, number one, 
a close number two, Hot Rod Roddy Piper. Piper was the guy was a genius, absolute genius. Uh, loved Hot Rod. They called me one time and said, uh, "Hey kid, I want to come see your." Uh, charity with your kids because i ran a charity in bermuda with uh, a bunch of wonderful people there working with uh, kids and using rugby as our sport to help kids get through school and stuff like that i said great rod where are you and uh, he said uh, i'm right beside you i said what do you mean you're right beside me? and he says well kid i'm right here beside you and i said well hot rod where are you i'll come get you he saw me in, in the next island i'm in aruba and I said, all right, that's like 2,000 miles. <laughs> and he goes, I don't get hot. And he hung up on me. So anyway, hot rod uh, to me, number two. Number three and four, it's somewhere in the list. You always get murky. And like you look at college football this year, you get murky after, say, Georgia. Uh, that's where it gets murky for me. I mean, there's so many great heels. It's hard to put three and four in there. Uh, you know, Ted DiBiase was a great heel. Sergeant Slaughter, the Iron Sheik, Stan Hansen. Uh, it's been so many incredible heels uh, throughout the years. You know, there's a difference between pure heels and attraction heels. And what I mean by that is, you know, the Freebirds and the, the Four Horsemen, NWO, they were attractions. Main event guys, Hall of Famers. And maybe it's better than being a pure heel, but there, there's a slight difference there. Uh, that would mean I wouldn't have those guys on the, on the Mount Rushmore. But anyway, hard to get number three and four in there. Uh, Michael Barnes says, have you ever watched Yellowstone? I hear it's fantastic. Have not seen it, but I do plan on watching it. Uh, Graham White, uh, out of the APA, if I wasn't in it, who else would be? Uh, look at Ron Simmons. Uh, Ron Simmons was part of teams that were both articulate and incredibly intimidating. So you look at Doom, uh, look at Nation Domination, look at the APA. So I don't know who the other guy would be. It had to fit that role. I think somebody like the Godfather would be perfect. Uh, he and Ron would have been a, a, a great tag team and a very entertaining tag team. Uh, Matt Carter asked me the most dangerous crowd that I was in front of. And I was in front of a few. I always stopped off and always thought the Mexican crowd were dangerous. Uh, you know, at one point on the, on the border towns, they were behind chicken wire, so they couldn't throw stuff at you. But I don't know if they were really dangerous or they were just very interactive. <laughs> well, I had a riot one time in Vienna. I was wrestling Luke Poyer Rambo. Terrific uh, babyface. Great champion over there. Very popular. Uh, he came to WWE, stayed there for a while. He was a guy I thought would have been there for you know 20 years if he'd been maybe a little bit younger. Uh, I don't know, but Luke was fantastic and a good person. Coming back out of the ring, we had a bit of a riot, and some guy had pulled a knife and was going to stab me in the back. It was a butterfly knife, so apparently he made a big production of it, you know, behind my back. He's going to stick me in the back and all this stuff. Uh, Fit Finley came to the rescue and made the save, and the guy threw down the knife and actually ran and jumped over a fence, and <laughs> that's the last we saw him. So I don't, I don't know if it saved my life, but he certainly saved me from getting stabbed. We had a lot of stuff like that back then. We had a lot of fan interaction, shall we call it. Uh, Jeremiah Cohen says, why am I blocked? I don't know. I'd be blocked like 16,000 people. You probably said something dumb. <laughs> and if you didn't, sorry. <laughs> Those things happen. A lot of great uh, people in the uh, chat room. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and like and do all that stuff you're you're supposed to do. Uh, Doctor Sosa asked me about the CWA uh, working for Auto. That was one of the best times of my life. I mean, I spent two years over there in Europe working in uh, Austria and Germany, 
And I loved every second. I got to work with some of the greatest uh, wrestlers in history, Tony St. Clair and Dave Taylor and Fit Finley and some of the greatest characters. Augusto Smeasel was, man, that guy. I, I can't believe that WCW WWE didn't uh, take a chance on him. Uh, European strongman, judo champion, had charisma that you couldn't teach in a, in a million classes. Um, some wonderful, wonderful talent over there. Uh, Mick McMichael, the referee. DDA Gop, uh, the, the heel referee. You talk about a heel. That, that guy was, that guy was good. We had some incredible talent, uh, over there. Um, so many guys that, you know, it was hard to get over there. And once you were there, it was, uh, really tough wrestling, but it was, man, it was the greatest times of my life. Uh, question here. Uh, somebody asked me, uh, uh, how was it destroying the friendly tab? I was just up in Providence. And I didn't, uh, didn't get to go to the friendly tap. I understand they still had the, the same name on it, the friendly tap. We destroyed it many times and Tim White turned it from nanotube televisions to flat screens and LCDs. And <laughs> Vince, Vince, when he got the first bill said, I didn't know I was building an entire bar, <laughs> but that's what happened. Uh, Lindsay asked, do I still have heat with Tolly Blanchard? No, I, I don't think so. We shook hands. Um, uh, you know, I had, I had heat with Tully from, from an old event. Tully doesn't even remember it, uh, from what I've, I've seen stories. You know, he, I thought was, uh, uh, disrespectful to me and, and I carried stupidly, uh, a lot of anger toward Tully for years. And I saw him for the first time at WWE and I just exploded and it was unprofessional. It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened there. You know, I should have just pulled Tully aside because, no matter whether you're mad at him or not, he's a legend. And he's one of the four horsemen, one of the greatest uh, of all time. What a worker, man. Tully was a real, real true heel. When I mentioned heels, that's one of the ones that, you know, was one of the great ones. And I should have just pulled him aside and said, hey, this is what happened. And, uh, you know, he didn't even remember it. It wasn't a big deal to him. And uh, it was to me. And it's one of those things where you let stuff fester and it, it builds up over the years. But I handled it completely wrong. And for that, uh, told, totally later, I was sorry for the whole thing. And and I am because uh, I shouldn't have handled that way. I should have just pulled him aside and talked to him. And we shook hands. And later we shook hands, but didn't have to go through all, all that first. So as far as current heat, I don't think so. I certainly don't have any heat toward him. A lot of respect uh, for Tully Blanchard. Uh, let's see. Gary Hart asked by Brian J. Jack. Uh, Gary Hart, I got the room with Gary down in South Texas where somebody was trying to run territory down there. And uh, I roomed with Gary. What a pleasant experience. It was, <laughs> Gary was so smart. I followed this thing on whatever it's on Twitter with Gary Hart says or something like that. His old promos. That man was a genius and could talk. Uh, one of the greatest managers of all time, uh, way before his years. Uh, let's see. Dave McClay asked me, is Conrad really a billionaire? Yeah. He's the Tony Stark of our era. Uh, he's a comma separates him and, uh, Gerald Briscoe and I, and he's trying to push us out of business. So is Conrad a billionaire? Yeah. He's, he's Tony Stark, uh, combined with Elon Musk. He's, he's worth a fortune and he's trying to take over the world. And me and Briscoe are the only ones with pitchforks and lanterns storming the castle, trying to take billionaire Connie down. We're not afraid. We're fighting for you. That's right. We're fighting for you. The whole world against billionaire 
Connie. Uh, let's see. Rob asked me a great question. Is it easier to compliment Oklahoma billionaire Connie having to drive his bins between his wings of his estate or Bruce on his black belt uh, and his karate hall of fames that Bruce uh, is in? That's uh, a great question. I can't compliment any of them. So it's a draw. They all got last. Uh, let's see. Rich Brody asked me uh, if I tagged with Stan, who would I want my opponents to be? That's easy, man. Doc Gordy, the Briscoe brothers, uh, the Funk brothers, the Steiners. The Steiners were ungodly back in in their heyday. Those guys were – everybody tried to emulate them. The suplexes they were doing, the matches they were having. I mean, those guys were unbelievable. Uh, let's see. Some more questions here. I got some from uh, Facebook. NWA title. Uh, I won the NWA North American title uh, from Kevin Von Erich uh, in the Sportatorium and held it until Greg Valentine beat me somewhere. I'm not sure where, uh, but that was – I was also asked the question, and I'm not sure where it was on the chat, about whether Von Erich really that over. No, they were over more than that. <laughs> Those guys were the hottest thing to ever hit Texas. Now, once you mix them with the Freebirds – they both just took off, but the Von Erichs were, man, they were everything. Wrestling Kevin was a dream come true for me. He was a hero uh, of mine. And it was, when I stood there, I remember just kind of thinking, it was like the first time with The Undertaker in the live Raw uh, after WrestleMania when I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I sure am glad I'm here. I also got a question on some stock stuff. Uh, people have asked me, uh, do I still like Pfizer? Yes, uh, I like Pfizer. I recommended it when it was in the low 30s. It's in the high 40s now. Pfizer's got the vaccine that's going to bring the world out of a pandemic, along with some other companies. But they've also got that new antiviral pill that you take when you first have COVID symptoms that reduces hospitalizations by 89 percent. Uh, Pfizer to me at a 3 percent yield and this $48 stock with a forward multiple of uh, half of what the rest of the stocks are in the S&P are a lot of them. To me, it's a, it's still a buy. I think it's a $60 stock and love Pfizer. I love what it does. Uh, and I think uh, it's, it's undervalued here. Uh, let's see. I was asked by Rob White also, would I vote for Glenn Jacobs for president? So in the last presidential race, she had two 70 plus year old guys that you probably should be talking to that you're going to take the keys from them for their car, not give them the nuclear codes. So I really would like to have somebody that was actually uh, kind of <laughs> in their prime. And uh, Glenn Jacobs is one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And I think Glenn's going to be, would be a great president. Yeah, I think Glenn would be great at anything he does. Yeah, he's that smart. Um, let's see. Michelle Bradley asked me about collections that I have besides what I have behind me. Yeah, penny collection. I've collected pennies, wheat pennies from 1909 to 1959. Collected that wheat pennies uh, for years. Uh, let's see. Sarah Dunworth asked me, was I ever embarrassed in the ring? You hadn't seen the videos? <laughs> yeah, I was coming down the ramp. I was doing the uh, little uh, shuffle that I stole from uh, Deion Sanders, which I don't do nearly as well as Deion Sanders, obviously. But that's part of the that's part of JBL. And Stu, the camera guy, was behind me filming up close, just horsing around. 
accidentally bumped me right when I was in mid-step, goes tumbling down the ramp. So, yeah, they they had a one of the guys that came out, they named him Trip, T-R-I-P-P, Bradshaw after that. And then there was the time when I was going to save King in the ring, uh, Jerry Lawler in the ring, not King in the ring. And uh, I got the cue from the headset, go save King. Well, I'm in the inside of the table. And when I step over, I wrap my boot around Tom Phillips's, uh uh, earphone uh, cord and trip and, and fall down and, and they played that over and over and over. So yes, you wrestle long enough, you're, you're going to do things that fortunately I'm a heel. And so when you're a heel, you can fall and make fun of stuff. When you're baby face, it can crush you. Uh, Patty asked me my favorite boots. So let me tell you, my favorite boots are, uh, a pair of eel skin boots. They're very rare, but they're not very expensive. They're just hard to take care of, but I couldn't find them. So I do have the Stingray boots that are incredibly hardy that are some of my favorite boots. I have, a, I have probably 30 or 40 pair of boots because uh, boots never wear out. You get them, you just resole them, and they, they'll last for 30 or 40 years. I have boots that are 30 years old. Obviously, my shoe size hasn't changed. Uh, so when Adam Capel just asked me, when are you going to overthrow Billionaire Connie's podcast empire? That's what we're planning on doing this year. This year. This year coming up. Um, Ian James asked me about Val Venus, who I love. Uh, Val's a wonderful guy, by the way. And we were doing a bar fight scene, and it was in St. Louis. And I told Val, hit me behind with the pull cue. Make sure you hit me hard. We got one take. The reason we always had to do one take in those bar fights was that guys got busted open. Things got broken. So you couldn't do more than one. So because of continuity, you couldn't stop and film different things. So they were pretty stiff. So I tell Val, make sure you bust it over my, my back. Hey, go ahead and hit me hard. I'll be fine. And they usually gimmick the pull cues a little bit and put a cut in them. Uh, one time, I think it was Edge. I think it was Edge. Uh, had the wrong one or had it backward. <laughs> it almost KO'd me. I threw a bull Buchanan through the wrong wall one time. So, you know, those things happen. Uh, but he hit me with the pull cue and it came around and you can barely see it now, but I, I got the pull cue went all the way through my cheek, all the way through. I could stick my tongue out through my cheek and when he hit me, I thought he knocked out all my teeth. Thank God it was higher or it would have knocked out all my teeth because it broke, sticks in my cheek, goes through it. I take a bump to a table. I know I'm covered in blood because I can see red all over my face. So I grabbed the cameraman by the ankle to let him go out on me. Uh, but he had the scene where he's shooting this way and none of it got caught on camera. None. So I'm busted open, got blood everywhere. None of it made camera. I go back to St. Louis. They have a plastic surgeon waiting for me in the dressing room. Sew my cheek back up, and I go out for the last match because that that was taped earlier. By the time I get sewed up, go out and wrestled or ran in or something on the on the last match. So, <laughs> yes, Val Venus, I got his huge scar, but not his fault. And uh, there was never a receipt because uh, Val's a – Val didn't mean it. It was a good guy. And I, I'm the one that told him to hit me hard. So if it's anybody's fault that it's, uh, it's me. Uh, let's see. Linda fan asked me, said, uh, did you enjoy more big opponents or small opponents? And, uh, you know, it's tough to say because I enjoyed selling the big opponents. 
but I also enjoyed the Chihuahua mindset of a small opponent. You know, where you're the big bad guy and you're beating them up, beating them up, and all of a sudden they start firing back on you, and you outweigh them by 60 or 70 pounds, and all of a sudden you're begging off. You know, it's just a great visual uh, to be able to see that. And to me, I, I loved working with guys like Ray. Uh, Eddie was a pretty big guy. You know, he's 230 pounds probably, uh, but he's still a lot smaller than me. So, you know, guys like, and Sean, Sean Michaels, I, I got to wrestle later. I wish I'd wrestled him more younger, but I wasn't a, a top guy. So I wasn't in the running to wrestle him. Uh, it's, I liked both because there's a different way to go about both. And it's just fun to have that little bitty guy that, that fires up and you beg off when you're outweigh on by 70 pounds. It's just great being a, a chicken shit heel. Uh, let's see any more questions. Anyway, guys, I want to say thank you for uh, joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the questions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that crap you do and on Cameo. And don't forget, we are taking over Billionaire Connie's empire. We are going to ruin Billionaire Connie. That's what Mr. Briscoe and I are going to do. Hey, thanks for joining me, guys. Have a great day.